Ezekiel. Chapter 8. And as I said, we're teaching ministry here. We believe in giving God's word and revealing what God is saying so that your souls can be fed. That all right with everybody? Amen. I want to tell you something about the flesh. I want to piggyback from last night on the word. It's amazing how God gives a word to one and then the other one comes behind it and piggybacks off it because preachers never tell each other what they're preaching on. So God knows how to put that thing together. Is everybody in Ezekiel, the Old Testament, chapter 8? Help them bring the fine Ezekiel chapter 8. And I want to give us some insight on the flesh. First of all, I need you to understand that the flesh is a desperate animal. Y'all listen this morning closely so that we can see what it is that God is trying to show us about this monster that's inside of us. The flesh is a desperate animal with an insatiable appetite. It will consume and it will consume and it will consume until it consumes you up. And that's why death comes. Because of the flesh and the sin that is in the flesh. Because flesh is nothing but sin. In its state as it is right now. First Peter one twenty four talks about how all flesh is like grass. And the glory of the flesh, talking about man, is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, so does a man's flesh. So does a man's life. It withers. And the glory of a man fades. Nobody cares about yesterday. <laughs> it's about what you do today. See, your glory will fade. But the Word of God, it says, lasts forever. First Peter one twenty four, And he's piggybacking off of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Now, knowing that the flesh is a desperate animal with an insatiable appetite, the Bible says, as it is read here in Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 1, and I'm going to deal with these scriptures down through here so that you can understand what's going on. But I want to give you some background on here. Ezekiel means God has strengthened. God strengthens. Now, you've got to understand that Ezekiel and Israel at this time were in captivity in Babylon. How many of y'all know Babylon is confusion? It's a state being in a state of confusion. Is there anybody in here ever been in that state of confusion? You see, because we got held captive to something that our flesh desired. So, Israel, because of their inconsistencies with God, they were what we call held in captivity down in Babylon, confusion. And the Bible goes on to say here that during this time of captivity, God is going to show show various doors in chapter 8. Now we all know that Jesus is the door. He's going to show us the door of the soul, the door of the flesh, and the door of the spirit. And in each one of those doors, and when, you, when he enters us into it here in this word, it's going to show us something about ourselves. About ourselves. See, see, it, it, it's not picking on anybody. It's just the way it is. It's about ourselves. God wants to show us something that we're probably overlooking within ourselves. That's why it's so important when you read the word to look within and not outside to somebody else. Look at yourself. 
the Bible says here in chapter 8. And it came to pass, verse 1, in the sixth year, six is the number of man. So he's talking about man here. And man was in captivity. It came to pass in the sixth year, in the season of man, in the sixth month, talking about man's faith here. Month always represents a person's faith. Mm-hmm. In the fifth day of the month means that they had an incomplete state of faith. That's why they were in captivity. Five means incompletion. You see, they were in captivity because their faith was incomplete. That's why they were down there in Babylon. That's why. So, the Bible goes on and says that, And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, I sat in whose house? What was he doing? Sitting. In whose house? Well, God's out. You know, he's talking about this, this body. But he's sitting. Now, Ezekiel means strength. So what is the strength of God doing sitting down? And look who else was sitting there with him. As I sat in mine house, the and, a conjunction here, the elders of Judah, which is praise. Judah means praise. So the elders were also, according to this word, sat before me. So they were all sitting down on God's praise, weren't they? And they were all sitting down on God's strength, weren't they? According to this word right here, I'm looking at it. That, and it was during this time that the hand of the Lord fell there upon me. Where did it fall? While he was there sitting in captivity. It's amazing what God can teach us when we're going through bondage, through pain, through disgust, through hurt. It's amazing how we listen to God then. And how we don't listen to him when things are going good. We kind of like forget about it. God starts blessing us. Then we start losing. The worst thing in the world is for a man's soul to cut out on God. That's like a woman cutting out on her husband. Same thing. All souls are married to God, right? So all souls are females in the spiritual sense because only not to be married to God at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on now, talk to me. But God is going to show us something about his bride here and why they're in captivity or why we find ourselves in captivity sometimes. Bible says in verse 2, Then I beheld and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins even downward with fire and from his loins even upward as the appearance of brightness as the color of amber. So God comes on the scene while we're in our captivity, right? While we're in confusion, you know, the mind is messed up. And we're seeking for a way out. And eventually God decides to show up on his time. He decides to show up. And he appears as a consuming fire because that's what Hebrews 12.29 says to you, that our God is a consuming fire. That's the word of God. Now look how he appears. He appears his loins from the appearance of his loins even downward. First of all, every good and perfect gift come from above, right? James 1, I think it's 17. From the Father of lights. It comes every good and perfect gift. It comes from above. But nothing comes downward until God speaks it. No more than nothing comes upward until God speaks it, right? So his loins represent his creative power. So God releases his creative power when he comes on the scene and speaks that word, right? So the first thing that God says, as we know, is that when on the first day, God said, let there be light. It wasn't the kind of light that we're talking about here. 
it was him because God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So the first thing that has to come on the scene to dispel darkness is God. So when God said, let there be light, God said, let there be me. That's what he was saying because God is light. You understand? See, the light from the heavens didn't come forth to the fourth day. You got to know your word. So he comes on the scene with his creative power. And he creates. If you see there in that, he says, downward. So every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes downward. But it also goes on and says, from his laws, he created everything upward too. Look at that. And from his loins, even upward, it says. Verse 2. As the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber, because the color of amber represents his glory, his brightness. That word amber means polished metal. So when God comes on the scene, he doesn't come without his glory. So wherever God is, so is his glory. So if God is in you, Deacon Eddie, then so is his glory. Because wherever God is, so is his glory, right or wrong. That's how we are the children of light. Are y'all following me now? I'm, I'm trying to get you on a spiritual. Because God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the church has been shortchanged too long. See, they don't know the difference. That's what Pastor Manley was talking about last night when she stood up here and she said, It looks pure. But as you go down, you see it changes from gold to purity to silver to brass to iron and then to clay. Mixed in with the iron. That means that it loses its value. That statue lost its value every step of the way. As you look closer to it, as you get closer to something, you say, well, that looks like it's of God. But as you you know, become affiliated with it more and more and more. Because let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to prove that it's of God is that love stands. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, that's your indicator. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people say that they slain in the spirit and, 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 and they speaking in tongues and they doing all of this other stuff, but it ain't got no love, children, so they ain't God, ain't that? That's right. That's right. See, see, out of charity, I, I mean, out of faith, and out of hope and out of charity, the greatest of these is charity, which is love. See, love overcomes, covers a multitude of sins. Whosoever love one another has fulfilled a whole lot. Your tongues can't save you. It can't. Your water baptism can't. Jesus saves. The blood of Jesus. And once you get caught up on these various doctrines, they can hurt you. Because they can cause you not to grow in God. We're going to talk about these walls in a minute. Y'all just bear with me. Let me teach you here this morning. Look at verse 3. It says, and he put forth the form of a hand. God did. He's the one who showed up on the scene. Well, that hand means to give us the power to open and receive instruction and direction. See, it's God. That gives us the power to receive, to open up and receive instructions so that we can be directed by him. But usually, here's the problem. We don't want to hear God until we're in a mess. See, see, Israel had been warned. Hello, Israel. But instead of us doing what God has instructed us to do, we make cover-ups. And what happens is, is sooner or later God busts us out, all of us. Be sure your sins will find you out. That's why it ain't good to point fingers at nobody. Because it's coming. It's coming. So we have to understand that. Now look what he does. He gives them the power to open and receive instructions and directions. And he took me, talking about Ezekiel, that means the strength that's sitting down on God. He took it and he grabbed him by the lock of his hair, which means he took him and placed him on wings. In other words, he put him on the wings of the eagle. Y'all know about the wings of the eagle. 
Them that wait upon the Lord shall mount up wings as an eagle. Mm-hmm. And they shall what? Walk or run and not be faint. They, 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 they shall walk and not be weary or faint. So he takes him and he pulls him by the lock of his hair. He pulls him up. He said he took him by the lock of mine head, meaning that he took him up high and he shook it. And see, that's what sometimes we got to be done. We got to be shaken out of that sleep that we're in. Because we become complacent in church and we sit around and we do the same thing over and over and over and over again. We become complacent. Now, I'm talking about the church. We as HOD, we're doing a good job and we're going to continue. But I've got to talk further than just HOD. As I talk to you, this thing here, this running, it's going to be going out into the world. So you see, it's more than you involved. There's a secret army at work. Okay? That's why God say don't be fooled by numbers. He said lift up your eyes. Gehazi. And you'll see. And when he lifted up his eyes, he saw that there was a whole army of angelic hosts all around them. You see, we are protected by God. So he says, after he shook him, he says, And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in the vision of who? Where? Okay. After he took him up, suspended him in mid-air between heaven and earth. Sound like them loins that created downward and upward, right? So after he takes it, I'm in Ezekiel, the... Chapter 8, verse 3. Talking about where he took him up, the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me to the vision of God to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Now, notice what he said. He took me to the vision of God about to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace. It means peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 7. See, that's the Jerusalem that the vision of God will take you to. But now, we have as man another vision of peace. Like being able to go to the bank when we want to. Come on, let's get real. Being able to eat. Because it's hard to have peace now when you go to the refrigerator and you know ain't nothing in there. Come on, let's be real now. Come on. But God say, I will take you to Jerusalem in the vision of God. Not in the vision of me. Not in the vision of you, Deke. Not in the vision of you, Deke. Not in the vision of you, Deke. Not in the vision of you, or you, or you, or you, or you, or you, or you. But of the vision of God, I'm going to take you to this thing called peace. Jerusalem. But I'm going to show you something about what we've done to it. That's what he's about to do. He's about to get deep here. So as he takes him to the vision of God, to Jerusalem, he takes him to the door of the inner gate. Well, John 10, 9, Jesus said, I'm the door. So we know who he took him to. Because you can't see the peace of God or the error of your way unless God show them to you through Jesus Christ. So he got to take you to the door, right? So the Bible said, took him to the door of the inner court. Wow. The inner court, we know, is the soul, the area of the soul. Because you've got, how many of y'all know about the tabernacle in the wilderness? How many of you ever heard of the tabernacle in the wilderness? That's us. Because what was in the old was only a shadow of things to come. The old was a replica of that which was to become in the spirit. So, here's the tabernacle. The tabernacle is man. Called, it's been testified in the book of Peter that I know that I must soon put off this tabernacle. So this tabernacle, this is the tabernacle. And it has three parts to it. It's got an outer court, which is the flesh. It's got an inner court, which is the soul, and it's got an innermost court, the most holy place, they call it, which is where the art lies, the spirit, okay? Are y'all with me? 
For those of you that don't, that, 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 that may be a little, little off right now, just keep coming back. You'll get there. Just keep coming back. Stay open to God's Word. Because God wants us to grow higher in Him now. You know. We, we teach a kingdom word here. It's, a, it's the word of the kingdom. It's different from church. It's a kingdom word. And that's what Jesus taught on the kingdom. Anybody don't believe that, then go to Acts 1 verse 3 and you'll see where God, after he was raised, raised up Christ, Christ was on this earth 40 days, teaching his disciples things to pertain to the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom of God is inside of you, Luke 17, 21. So he was teaching, Jesus was teaching them on things that were going on inside of them. Inside of man. That's the difference between a church word and a kingdom word. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. It's undeniably, see, it's the word of God. Amen. And that's why I always take it to the scripture. Because when you see it in the scripture, then God has the final say so on it. See, that's when I step out the way in. And I can, I can leave and let God deal with you on that. Because there it is in the word because I showed it to you. Now you can play with it if you want to, but you'll lose. <laughs> if you want to play with it, that's your prerogative. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm just going to stay out the way because I've been hit by my own insanity. So I don't want to hit be hit by somebody else because I'm close to them and theirs. When I ain't got hit by my own, you understand what I'm saying? Now I'm scared. And I want to do right. And I want to be right. But I can't be right for myself and you too. You got to take your own. So if you don't, you know, I'm just saying now. I'm just saying now because that's too much weight for me to carry. I can't carry you in mind too. But we can love one another and help each other along the way. But now you can't say him and you keep on acting crazy. And I can't keep on acting crazy and say him to you. Because you the bad. Now come on. That's real, ain't it? So look what he does. I want, you, I, I want you to see what God has done here. The Bible said, Colossians verse 127, the door of the inner gate. Let's go to Colossians 127. I got it for some reason. I don't know. Colossians 127, it says, I know why I got it there. The last sentence in there says, Christ in you, your hope of glory. You can stay where you are. It's, it says that Christ in you is your hope of glory. Uh, Colossians one twenty seven, and the best thing to do if uh, if you, if you, is to write them down, write the scriptures down, and plus I'll run you a CD, so you won't have to, you know, you'll be able to go back and study this because I don't expect you to be able to get this all at one time, okay? So don't worry about it. Just stay at Ezekiel now. Don't don't lose your places. So he says to the door of the inner gate. So what he does is he takes us to Christ, the door, so that he can show us what's inside of our soul. That's what he wants to show us. Okay? Now, he said that looking toward the what? North. You know what the north means? The unknown. See, Christ takes us into the unknown about ourselves. See, he's about to show us something inside of us that we really didn't know was going on. We thought we was all right, but we're not. Just stay right there in Ezekiel, y'all. Don't, don't, don't leave. This is too important. Y'all, y'all are getting lost. Just stay right there in Ezekiel. Don't move. And just take, just, 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 just take the, and, and write down the scriptures. Don't move. Just, just, this lesson is too important. Just stay right there. And I'll give you a CD because this lesson is too important. Because I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss trying to, to find where you need to be in the Bible. I really don't want you to do that this morning. So just write it down. Stay right there in Ezekiel with me. When I call out scriptures, just write them down. But stay right there in Ezekiel with me, okay? Will y'all do that? Because I really, I'm, I'm really caring for your souls. That's why I'm saying this, okay? I'm, I'm really caring for your souls this morning. You know. That's why teaching ministries are so important. So that we can know what's in the Bible. See, because we, we, we may be in church for a long time, 
but we really don't even know what God is saying. All we know is what, the, what a man up here is saying, and he only read two or three scriptures and go to running off at the mouth. Well, am I right about it? So let's go on and let's finish up verse 3 here. The door of the inner gate, that's Christ, as we enter into our souls, he's going to show us something. He said, I want you to look toward the north, which is the unknown. And there you're going to see where was the seat of the image of what? Yes. Whoa. Which provoke us to what? Yes. You see, in our soul, through looking into the unknown, see, we didn't know that there was an image of the seat of jealousy there that provokes to jealousy, did we? We didn't know that, see. I told you he was going to show us. So that's why he said, I want you to look to the unknown. Because I'm going to show you something about what's inside your soul. Now, this seat of the image of jealousy, which provokes the jealousy, Deuteronomy 32, 16. Write it down, and I'll read it for you. Because I don't want you to miss this. Deuteronomy 13, verse 16. Deuteronomy, verse 13, chapter 13, or 32, verse 16. Deuteronomy, 32, verse 16. Hmm? Did you get it? I finally got it, didn't I? Didn't I deep in here? Mind be running fast up here sometime, man. Verse 16 in Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, verse 16 says, They provoke him to jealousy with strange gods. You see? That's that God. There is a seat of the image of jealousy that provokes to jealousy. It sits right there within our soul. But we can't see it except through the door looking into the unknown. We can't see it except through Jesus Christ as he spearheads us to look into the unknown about ourselves. Is everybody understanding what I'm saying? Will abominations provoke they him to anger? See, all this is going on inside of our soul. Because the soul consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions of a man. And these are the things that gets us in trouble. Write down 1 Kings 14.22. I'm still talking about that image of seed of the image of jealousy. 1 Kings 14, verse 22. Look what the Word of God says. And Judah, which is praying. What was the elders of, of Judah doing? Sitting down, wasn't it? Remember? Were they sitting down before with, with, with Ezekiel? Why? They were in captive, wasn't they? Why? Because Judah, according to this word, 1 Kings 14.22 says, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. And look what happened. And they provoked who? Him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. There's a seat. Of the image of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy. And when we do these abominable things, that which is sitting on that seat becomes provoked. Because he's a jealous God. And when we go whoring after other gods, he gets jealous, right? Now, I'm going to prove to you that he's sitting on that, that seat. Because some of y'all might not think that he's sitting there. But y'all know me. I always show you in the Word. The Word is undeniably true. Look at Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 4. Talking about where was the seat of the image of jealousy which provoked to jealousy. Are y'all there in verse 4? And behold, the glory of God of, of Israel, the glory of the God of Israel was where? Right there at that seat. 
God's glory was right there at that seat of jealousy. Right there at. According to the vision that I saw in the plain. See, he couldn't see it until the vision came in the plain. The plain means he had a breakthrough. See, you can't see what God is doing inside of us. We can't even see what we're doing inside our own self until God gives us a breakthrough of a revelation. Right or wrong? He said, this is what I saw according to the plan or to the vision that I had in the breakthrough or the plan. Okay? Are y'all following me? I hope I'm not boring you. But I am trying to teach you. And behold, or verse 5 says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. He said, now I want you to go back into the unknown. I'm going to send you there again. Because I'm going to show you something else. See, I done already showed you the seat of jealousy there that my glory is sitting on. I done already showed you that. And it provokes me to jealousy. That's why we get ourselves tore off every time we go out there and we go too long. Because we provoke God to jealousy. Take chances with the cat. But the cat is out there. And it'll pull you. And me too. Verse 5 says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now, the way toward the north, which is unknown. So I lifted up my eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward, at the gate of the altar. Now, this image of jealousy was in the entrance. So here we are again. The gate, same as the door. I am the what? Door. That's what he said. Jesus said, I'm the door. Now, at the door of the, or the gate of the altar, how many of y'all know altar represents a place of sacrifice? And ain't nothing a place of ain't nothing a sacrifice unless you don't want to give it up. That's why he say, present yourself as a what kind of sacrifice? Living. Now you don't want to give you up for that, and I don't want to give me up for that. But that's the only thing that's acceptable. See, that's like I always say. That's what Cain messed up. Cain was a chill of the ground. He liked them earthly things. See, he worked. Have you ever look? Everything that we love, and I talked to y'all this before, but I'm going to remind you. Everything that we love. See, man was made out of the dust of the ground, right? Everything we love come out the ground. We love money. Money is made of the trees and all that stuff. Oh. We love our spouses. They were made out of ground. We love cars. We're made out of the iron and the, you know what I'm saying? Do we not? It, our houses was made out of the stuff. We love the gold, you know, come out the ground. We love the diamonds, come out the ground. Right or wrong? So we're compatible to that. You see, what you're made out of is what's going to draw you. But then there's another part in us that's made out of God that's drawing us to. And that causes the war between the spirit and the flesh. Because I told you before that God has wrapped up something that he loves himself inside of something that he hates, the flesh. And it's a war. He says, look here. Don't you understand that at that altar, at the gate of that altar, mm -hmm. is the image of jealousy. And the glory of God is still sitting on it because he said he was sitting on it, right? Mm -hmm. That's why when Cain put them earthly things up on that spiritual sacrifice, God said, I don't want that. He got jealous. Can't bring me that. Cain. But Abel, the spirit man, he was a keeper of the sheep. He kept pure thoughts. So he placed pureness on the altar. And it was a shit. Right or wrong? That's what he did. Mm -hmm. Different between Cain and Abel. So, 
Cain, which is the fleshly man, that jealous. Kill the spirit. Flesh should kill the spirit. That's right. In a person. And the spirit is crying out from the ground. His blood is crying out from the ground. We're made out of the ground. So the spirit is crying out. Didn't it say that all creation, creatures, earnestly moans, waiting and groans, waiting on manifestation of the sons of God? That's a deep saying right there. See, that thing's still crying out. The able in us still crying out. Crying out. So God comes on the scene and he brings in the set, which was made in the likeness in the image of Adam. And Adam was made in the likeness and the image of God. So Seth represents the Christed man, the one that's been saved. Okay? In the New Testament. You got to know how to bring it up. See it for what it is. So we have here in verse 6, he said, Furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do? Hmm. Even great abominations. This is the second time around now. He keep going to greater and greater degrees. Even the great abominations that the house of Israel, that's the church, committed here. Are y'all with me? I'm in Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 6. Write those scriptures down. And then I'm going to give you a CD where you can go sit, sit on this. So when you leave, you won't say, oh, what the preacher preach about? Oh, we had a good time. Now what he preach about? Here, take this CD and sit yourself down and listen. Amen. And see what the preacher talked about. Because what the preacher talked about is what God said in his word. Big difference. See, a lot of us run out. We go eat. We forget. We forget. We've got to stop that. Amen. Bible says, He said, Furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far from my sanctuary. You see what he did? He said, I'm going to move myself far from you, from being inside of you. The sanctuary is here. And because of the abominations, hmm? He'll remove himself. I know that for a fact. I know I was in hell for a good two, three weeks. If you think that hell don't exist, you you wrong. You wrong. And you can get a taste of it. The vault. To the point where it made me start writing another book, didn't it? It inspired me. Death inspired me to write another book. And I didn't have a passion before then to write another one because I know the hard, how hard it is to write it. And I just didn't want to go there to write a good book. Well, you can write an old, any old, you know, tell a bunch of people a bunch of lies. You can, you can turn them out in three months. They do that all the time. But to do a qualified book, it's going to take you two, three years. You got to sit on it a while now. And see, I knew that. That's why I didn't want, I got too much other stuff. I got to go and say, no, I'm going to take this situation, I'm going to turn it around, and I'm going to make it good. I'm going to put some fire up under you. He said, I'm going to show you why I don't move far from my sanctuary. Call it my sanctuary. But then, but turn ye yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. See, that thing just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper on abominations. So let me ask you this. If God is speaking to all of us, because all of us are the church, all of us are Israel, then why can I look at you and point fingers at you when I got all that... That's what Jesus is saying. You need to clean that plank out your own life first. No. How, if God is telling us that we got all this mess up in us, then you tell me, how in God's name can I even begin to have the audacity to say anything 
about any of my brothers and sisters. Because they make a mistake. Can't do that. Because God is looking at you and saying, look, man, you need to look at yourself. If walls could talk. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Oh, holy and thou. Don't do that. Can't do that in here. Because we just us. We just love one another now. You know, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do all that other stuff. Y'all know the program here. Program here is L-O-V-E, love. That's it. That's it. If love can't do it, don't need to get done. Verse 7 says, And he brought me to the door. Still bring him to that door of the court. Now he's taking him to the flesh. Because that's the outer court. That's the flesh. See, outer court, flesh, inner court, soul, innermost court, where the spirit is, the ark. That's where the spirit is, okay? Y'all got it? It's a little crash course. But I want you to see something here. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole where? Oh, boy. Old flesh will put up a wall, won't it? But watch what God... Old flesh put up a wall. A wall of self-righteousness. A wall of holier than thou. A wall of this, a wall of that. I got more than you. A wall called, look at me, a wall called pride. A wall. Flesh will put that wall up. It's got a hole in it. Watch what God said. <laughs> then he said to me, son of man, dig when? Somebody say now. What now mean? In other words, you go to digging in that wall of yours. You digging in everybody else and not dig yours. Let me show you you. So he takes him and he tells him, I want you to do it right now. I want you to go to digging. <laughs> in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, at that door again, he ran up on Christ again. Because from the, from, 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 the, from the flesh to the soul, there's a door, and Christ is that door. So we run upon that door again, because Christ didn't show us something again. He said, verse 9, and he said unto me, go in, I want you to go in, and behold the wicked abomination that they do here. That's some hideout artists. They thank God don't sin. See, you're doing all this stuff in your soul. Within your mind, your will, and your emotion. And God got that seed of jealousy right there. And, he, and his glory is right there on it. And we're provoking him. And we think we're getting away and he's tearing us up. He told me up. I don't care who knows it. I'm transparent. He told my tail up, Sister Debbie. He did. Had me sitting in that crazy chair over there for about two months. Looking crazy. Word would tear me up, and I loved every minute of it. See, you got to get to the point where you love the truth. You got to get to the point where you don't mind getting tore off. Where you can say, "Amen, that's me." Sit right there. I ain't getting mad at her or the prophetess when she would come up in here and speak that word and tear my head up. Don't let your crisis become your identity. And I just had got tore off. Now, how you like me now? And I'm sitting there looking crazy. But I'm saying, hey, ma'am, because that stuff. See, I accepted the chastisement of the Word of God. See, a lot of people get mad. And they say, oh, he's throwing rocks. Ain't nobody throwing no rocks at nobody. We're trying to heal each other up in here with the Word of God. And everybody's going to get the chance. To need to be healed. <laughs> That's what we do here. We're in the hospital. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> the hospital. Second Corinthians 7 verse 1 said, look here. This is what I need you to do. He said, I need you to cleanse yourself from all the filthiness in your flesh and in your spirit. Ooh. And perfecting the holiness of God within ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we got some cleaning up to do, not only in the flesh, but in the spirit too. Amen. Isaiah 64, 6 says, look here. 
Your righteousness ain't number filthy rags to me. So don't even try. Don't get self-righteous on, on your brother and your sister. Don't do that. Because you ain't number filthy rags to me. Now that's the word of God. Don't that thing have a way of humbling all of us? It'll humble us one day. All God got to do is just talk. I ain't got to get up here and spit and get sweaty. Man, you sit talk too much. I ain't even going to get all sweaty. Let God sweat. And I guarantee you, he don't sweat. So if he don't sweat, I ain't either. I'm just going to tell you what God said. And if that ain't good enough, all the hooping and the hollering and the rolling on the floor and the beating out, you know how to... Ain't gonna help you. All the loud noise, God hears us just as good as if we were just throwing thunder. We done gave him praise. Now it's time to sit down and hear what he got to say. It's eating time now. Don't nothing but blackbirds mess up the eating table. Yeah, you ever seen a sparrow that take their little dinner, have their little spread? You see birds, I watch birds. They eat, acting like they got good sense. Then the blackbird will come, he'll come in with his foot first and just come in and just tear the table up. Just mess up all our dirt and stuff. You see what I'm saying? Just mess up something. That's how we do sometimes. Sit down and eat. Verse 10 says, So I went in and saw, wow, and behold, every form. See, you say, I went in. I went in me. And I saw all these old creeping things. All these old subtle abominations. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 talks about, write it down. Talks about how uh, uh, the heart is above deceit and is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. That's all them creeping things. It's desperately wicked. It's deceitful. Above deceit, it says. Who can know it? In other words, they won't how to flip on you. And put you in bondage. Your own heart will do that. It did it to Israel. It did it to me. It did it with you. And every abominable beast was there. Every abominable affection. Lust. Insatiable lust. And all the idols of the house of where? The church. Church full of idols. Look where they at. Portrayed upon the what? Wall. Round about. Good God Almighty. God said, look here. Step up into your soul. I'm going to show you something. Now you're in your soul and you're looking around. Because you done dug through that wall. Now you're on the inside of that wall. Now you ain't on the outside. You're on the inside and you're looking. And what you done put up on this wall, your car, your money. Oh, come on now. Your job, your women, your career. You got all these idols. Your big church. Your hundred thousand congregations. You know, you got all of this. Your books, your everything. You got it. And you looking around at it. See, you can't see Jesus because you, you, I'm going to show you what that sound. I'm going to show you something here in a minute. Show you something about us. For I feel the Holy Ghost up in you. Romans seven twenty four. Write it down. Just gonna run this. Romans seven twenty four. Romans seven twenty four. Say, oh, what a wretched man I am. See, 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 see. Paul come to the understanding and the knowledge that sin, taking occasion by the commandment, worked in him all manners. Of lasciviousness or concupiscence, which is incredible lust. That's what Paul is saying. And then he hollers out and he said, Oh, what a wretched man I am. Why? When he looked inside of himself and he saw in the inside of that wall all of them things that was coming at him. He was filled with nastiness and filthiness. Your, your righteousness, God said, ain't nothing but filthy rags. Nothing more. It's a mad person that thinks that there ain't anything. The Bible says if any man thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 
Bible says if any man knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. In other words, the higher you go in God, the more humbler you better get. Because a little bit of knowledge will puff you up. That's why I say don't put a novice in office. Because a knowledge will puff him up. Puff him up. You got to have some experience with it. On this level. On this level. It's one thing to have experience because you've been living in life. But it's another thing to have experience of delivering this word to God's people. Because that's a serious thing to do. And the best people that can deliver this thing is the people that's done been through the ringer and have studied to make themselves approved. You just don't jump up and do it. It takes years. Years. When you step up in that office and you see that stuff on that wall with, with, with that lady and myself, that was hard work. Hard living. So don't you let nobody shortchange you on the hard, what you went through to get what you got. Because people will try to do that. They can't do that. That's not good to do. We have to respect what people went through. A lady told me the other day she finally got her counseling degree. I was so happy for her because I know what she went through. And she said, you know, I went through it. And I went through it trying to uh, raise a single family and all of that. But she said, I made it. And she said, I just might break out in a praise and a shout right here in the class. Well, go ahead. Because you earned it. So we, we, we want to we we be glad when God do for people. So they got this stuff for trade. That, that's why we try to build up people here. We try to build everybody up. We don't want, this ministry is a church of acts. We call it non-self-alack. We try to help each other here. You know, we, we, we try to help each other here. Now look what the word says. It says in verse 11, And there stood before them seventy men. Mm-hmm. That means they were full ones. That word seventy means full ones. That means they knew God. They were full. They were seventy men of the ancients of the house of Israel, of the church, right? And in the midst of them stood Jehaz. Jazaniah, which means heard of God. In other words, they had heard what God had said. But what they did was, he was the son of Shaphan, which means that they were hiding things. That word means hidden. Shaphan means hidden. They had heard what God had said to them and for them to give to the people. But they hid it. And they hid it so that they could continue to do what they wanted to do. Now, I want to show you something. Now, these are leaders. These are leaders of the house of Israel. This is God's word here. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients. The elders, is that word ancient means, of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, which means they heard God who was the son of Shepan, meaning they were, he hid that which he heard. And every man, every man, look, his sister, which is his soul, was in his own power, in his own hand. Okay, y'all see it there? All right, look what they're doing. And a thick cloud of incense went up. A thick cloud. That means that that smoke was black. It was nasty. It was unacceptable. Watch the word. Talking about leaders now. I'm talking about us. God's talking about us. Look what, look what he's got here now. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do? Where? In the dark. You think nobody is seeing you. Oh, I know I'm hitting up in here this morning. I'm hitting, I'm hitting us leaders. I'm hitting us now. I'm hitting all of us. I'm hitting us. I know I am. But it's all right. Notice I hit, I said, God is hitting all of us. Amen. 
Y'all want me to say that? Amen? Do it in the dark, you say. You see what they, what the elders, the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man. Mm-hmm. Verse 12 says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in his chambers of his imaginary, his imagination. In his own chambers now. In his imagination, now some stuff going on. For they say the Lord sees, <laughs> the Lord sees not. Uh huh. See, see, we got more respect for man than we do for God. You see, see, we 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 go do that old crazy stuff, and then we come back to our brothers and our sisters. We act like we all right. We clean. <laughs> I heard holler. <laughs> but God knows. Say the Lord won't see you. Okay. Okay. Let the word speak for itself. For they say the Lord says or not, the Lord has forsaken the earth. And he said unto me, Turn thee yet again. Just keep turning. Just, 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 just. And thou shalt see greater. See, that thing keep going from degree to degree to degree to degree. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord. That night, taking him inside the spirit realm in man, which was toward the unknown, the north. And behold, there sat weeping women for tables. Look here. We all know that the woman was taken out the man. Do you not know that the woman? Y'all know that the woman represents the inner spiritual essence of a man, and they were weeping, wasn't they? Why? Because of Tammuz. Tammuz means that they had been concealed and consumed. See, what happened is, is that what you have in God will be concealed and consumed by them things on that wall. And all of a sudden, your inner sanctuary, once you go down in bondage, you'll begin to weep. That's the women weeping. Because your spiritual essence has been consumed now. And now, when you were doing good, and when I was doing good, now, ain't got a pot that you know what in. What happened? I had it. Psalm 137. Write it down. Psalm 137. Verse 1 says, By the Rivers of Babylon. And they were in Babylon, right? By the rivers of Babylon. Did we sit down and we wept? That's the weeping women. When we thought about Zion. Yeah. When we lose everything and we see how good we had it. And God held up what we can really do for ourselves and for somebody else. And then we, we, we go away from God, we go in captivity, now we're weeping, and we're moaning, and we are hung up our hearts, it says, on the willow, on the willow tree, on the weeping willow. Because now we can't sing the song of the Lord no more. And the world says, sing us a song from Zion. But the Bible says, how can we sing a song from Zion in a strange land? How are we going to do that? How are we going to give praise to God when we're in a strange land? How are we going to honor God when we're in a strange land? Church, how are we going to do that? When we remember how good it was when we had it good. And all we had to do was stay on course. I'm talking to me too. So they're weeping. And he said it to me, Hast thou seen this, old son of man? Turn you yet again, and I'm going to show you even some greater thing. He just, ain't even going to more. And he brought me to the inner court, that's the soul. Through Christ, he brought him in of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch, that porch is bound to the building, and the altar, which is the place of sacrifice, there were twenty and 
Five and twenty men. That's twenty-five men. Now, when we count, we know that twenty-five counted. Two plus five equals seven. Perfection. But they were perfected against the will of God, not toward the will of God. Because watch this: they're with their backs toward the temple instead of looking in toward God. They were looking at that wall with their eyes. They weren't looking this way where God was in the center. Is this making sense to anybody except me? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Hole in the wall. Start digging. Start digging. Start digging. You know why they had their backs turned? Because they were at that porch. They were bound to the building. Meaning they were bound to the flesh. They couldn't see the altar. Because they had their backs turned to it. See, see, the temple of the Lord is where the altar is. They said they couldn't see the temple of the Lord. They had their backs to the temple. They were looking that way on them an hour. That stuff they like to do. You see. Backs. And their faces toward the east. And they worship what? The sun. That means they were our worshipers. Things of the earth. Things created. That's right. Sister Rob caught right in on that thing. I can see her smiling. She had a good time with them kids, didn't she? Uh. <laughs> Sister Rob. Thank you, Sister Rob, for doing such a great job. Verse 17 says, Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? It is a like thing to the house of Judah. It's a like thing to the church. And it's a like thing to us when we come in here and praise God that they commit abomination. We boogalooing on Friday, on Saturday. And then we come in on Sunday and we give praise to God. I'm going to bust your head. We do that. Every one of us have fallen short and did that. Don't lie. Don't lie. Every one of us are guilty of that at some point in time. Just settle down. Don't let that demon of the flesh rise up. Just settle down and accept the truth. Because that's what the devil wants you to do, rise up where you won't get and absorb what God has for us. I'm about finished. Give me about three minutes. Because I believe in singing 20 minutes. And giving a word for 45 minutes to an hour. That's what we need. We need a word. Instead of singing an hour and get 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of some hype. And call it preaching. We don't need that. You see, I want you to see, they take you to life. That, 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 that the house of Judah that committed the abominations which they commit here. And they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Woo. That word branch there means to trim or prune. In other words, God be doing for us. We start doing this crazy stuff and he start clipping. Uh-oh. He start clipping. Because he said every tree that don't produce fruit, he going to clip off the vine. He start clipping from us, you see. He start giving, we start acting up. Then he start subtracting from us. Right or wrong? We start going in the hole. We sow much, but we reap little. I think one of the minor prophets, Hosea, one of them said we got holes in our pocket. We can't seem to, 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 to get a grip. I call it throwing them beavers in the river. You know, a beaver dam up something. And we the one throw it in there. You remember? We throw them beavers, a sack of beavers. You throw them in the river of your, of your blessings. 
We throw them the beavers, and them beavers damn it up. And then we wonder how the beaver get in here. Well, we put the beaver in there. We did it. Now we expect the beaver just to live. The beaver is in his habitat. He's doing what he's known to do: cut down trees and dam up rivers. <laughs> you like that, Sister Bella? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Verse 18, last verse. And thou will I also deal in fury. Where? In that seat of jealousy where his glory is. Mine eye shall not spare. Neither will I have what? Now it's bad when you won't have no pity on you. Y'all better hear me now. You don't want to go there. You do not want to go there. And though they cry in my ears, I did it. With a loud voice, yet I will not hear them. I've been there. You don't want to go there, church. My thing is this. My prayer is this, and I'm close. That while we have a chance to make it, let's help each other to make it. Let's do that. No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not just. I, I'm not just talking church. People. Kingdom is work. Kingdom is caring. Kingdom is loving. Kingdom is helping people who just moved here feel like they've been here all the time. And we love y'all. I'm going to give him a card before y'all leave. I want to give y'all a, 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 my card. I want to talk to y'all. If you don't mind, just give me a few minutes with you. I'm going to talk to you. Give me a few minutes with you. Because God is doing great things in this ministry. He always has. This is a young assembly, but this ministry is an international ministry. It's a difference between the ministry and the assembly. But sometimes we connect the two together. But this is our baby. And our baby has to be nurtured. It has to be nurtured right. You have to nurture and grow a baby with love. I've learned that this is how, this is how God showed me through my, through my hardship. This is how, this is what he showed me to do. You know. So that's what, I'm going to do just what God told me to do. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do everything that I can for you. I'm going to be there for you if you need me. I don't have favorites. What I do for one, I do for the other. I've always tried to be a fair man. All I got to offer you is the love of Jesus. And if that ain't good enough, then I have nothing else that I can give you. But if that is good enough, then let me see your heart. Let's stand and give God praise.